pros in the know start with Lowe's because Lowe's has exclusive offers this week just for pro customers. For two days only, ask for 5% off all purchases made in-store. And when you use your Lowe's business credit account, save an additional 5%. That's 5% off all purchases and an extra 5% if you use your Lowe's business credit account. See the Pro Desk in-store for more details. So, pro, now that you know, start with Lowe's. Offer valid 8132. Subject to credit approval and can't be combined with other credit offers. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Excludes Lowe's Visa Rewards cardholders. U.S. only. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Journey Home Outreach Ministry Bible Study. Message of Bible, Lesson 2. I ask that you refrain from uh, calling in to the Bible study. When the Bible study is over, if you want to contact me, please contact me at spiritualcounseling at sisterpoochie.com. That is spiritualcounseling at S-I-S-T-A. P-O-O-C-H-I-E dot com. I am Elder Faye, and I will be your teacher through the entire Message of the Bible series. In last week's lesson, we left off with what is considered the most important message in the Old Testament, the coming of the Messiah, the Redeemer, who will continue where the Old Testament prophets' teachings left off, showing us the way back to life with God. Do you remember what the prophets, priests, and kings' duties were? Let's do a quick recap of just what Christ's coming means to us. In this lesson, our recap will be focused on the duties of the prophets. What the coming of Christ meant was that our chief prophet has come. Remember, the prophets were showing men the way back to life with God through their teachings, and God chose Moses as the first prophet. In Deuteronomy 18th chapter 14, the 22nd verse, 1,400 years before Christ was born, Moses spoke about the last great prophet. He said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. You must listen to him. It's important that we understand that Christ is a prophet that will be teaching us now. In Acts 3, Peter explained to the crowd the centrality, the crucial importance of Christ's work. Peter pointed to Christ as the fulfillment of Deuteronomy 18. All the Old Testament prophets pointed, pointed to this time. So, armed with this information, we have a tool to understand the prophets and the prophecy. The prophets that spoke of Christ, the found great prophet. The authors of Hebrews bring up this point as well. In Hebrews 1, the New International Version, which I don't usually teach from, but it seemed to explain it a little bit clearer. In past times, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Whom he, appointed, whom he appointed heirs of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by the power of his word. We see that Christ is the found word, the complete word, and the all-sufficient word from God to us at this time. 
In the past, God spoke through the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken. There's a sense of completeness in this, in this statement. There will be no one else. No one else will ever compare to him. But it is he who perfectly reflects God. Now let's look into some of these teachings of the greatest prophet and discover what the message from God, from him, is to us. Let's pray that God open our spiritual understanding to perceive in our hearts the teaching of Christ and not so much the teaching about Christ. These lessons are designed to help you see with your spiritual eyes, see with your spiritual ears, and perceive in your heart through the Holy Spirit the message of the Bible and not just the stories of the Bible. These lessons are aimed at you and me and each and everyone who inhabits planet Earth, just like it was 2,000 years ago. So let's get started with our message from Christ. Remember in Lesson 1, in Genesis, the first chapter, the first verse, we learned that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We sell this issue in our minds that there truly is a God. If you didn't get this settled in your mind, I strongly recommend that you go back to Lesson 1 and revisit the scriptures presented to strengthen your faith in this matter. Because unless you do, you will not be able to ex accept some of the things to come in future lessons. In this week's lessons, we will study mostly from the Gospel of St. John, starting with Chapter 1, Verse 4. Verse 4. Well, we will discover another important message of God's word from the beginning. Keep in mind that my teaching is on the messages of the Bible. We found we find out now that in the beginning was also the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. What does that mean? Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that come to me shall never hunger. Jesus meant that it is he who would feed you, your spiritual bread. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And he also gives you your spiritual drink. Let's look at it this way. We feed our physical selves three times a day, not to mention the snacks in between. And we make sure we keep our physical body hydrated by drinking plenty of water. If you do not visit, if you not do this, what would happen? You would die. Well, guess what? If we do not if we do not feed our spiritual self, we will also die spiritually. We should make it a practice of feasting on God's word, no less than three times a day. We should get us a verse from the Bible, and three times a day we should just meditate on these verses and keep them in our spirit. That is feeding our spiritual self, not just to learn about Christ, but to learn his word, not just to know them, but to do them. Let practicing what Christ's words say be our daily spiritual exercise. 
just like taking a long walk for our physical exercise. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, the sixth verse says, Blessed is they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The hunger and thirst that we long for is spiritual. It is God's righteousness that we are hungry and thirsting for. And the life was the life of man. It is when we can see righteousness through Christ that we come into the light. The thirst of righteousness Jesus came to fill and the life, the life which he gives us with his spiritual bread and water, that righteousness within us becomes the light of man. And the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. The light of righteousness was shining in the darkness, but the darkness did not comprehend it. Meaning they couldn't understand it. They couldn't figure it out. They just couldn't grasp it. They couldn't get a handle on it. So they couldn't follow it. What was this darkness that couldn't comprehend this brightness and shining light of Jesus' righteousness? And John, the third chapter, the 19th, through the 20th verse, as Christ said, Light has come into the world, but man loved darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. It will not come to the light for fear that their deeds, that is, their sinful behavior, will be exposed. It is sin that, it is sin that keeps one in the darkness. They ignore the more light of Christ. In other words, they live in sin, so walk in ways of darkness. Those that are familiar with sin through their mouth, their hands, and their words and actions, who are no longer afraid of shame of it, those who make any sin that instead of delight, their practice with profanity in their mouth, they lie, curse when they acquaint when you acquaint your acquaint yourself to any other way of wickedness, you are living in darkness. This is what it means to be in darkness. The darkness is manifested in the lives and behavior of those who live in it. Here are some traits of those who walk in darkness. They ignore the spiritual light of Christ. <clears throat> they lack spiritual knowledge and discernment. As John says, the light shines in the darkness but the darkness has not understood it. He that sees not the beauty, the excellence in Christ, the necessity of Christ that makes him willing to part with all for him, he that refused to renounce his own righteousness, that Christ may find righteousness in Christ, that he may find righteousness in Christ. He that refused to renounce his own love that he may be conformed to Christ. He that refused to give up his own interest, that he may advance Christ. He that can't see the necessity of conversion, the new birth, enough to trouble himself about it, about it, to count himself miserable without it. He that sees not such beauty and holiness has to prefer it before the choicest things on earth. To be in love with it, thirst after it, the light and the use of all means to get it. 
he that cannot see the deformity, the danger and sin, as to hate it above all things, to grieve about it, being careful to avoid it, maintain a custom war against it, use all his strength to subdue it, and rejoice in the crucifying of his his dearest lust. He that has not this discernment of these and other spiritual things, it is evident his eyes, he has eyes, but he does not see. What can be given as a ransom there, as the reason there? It's because he is living in darkness. Those who are in darkness serve the world and serve themselves and serve their lust. They do not serve God. One of the best proof of evidence of walking in the light rather than living in the darkness is to delight thyself in serving the Lord. In Psalms 37, chapter, the fourth verse says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thine heart. Mean taking pleasure and enjoyment in the Lord. In John, the 8th chapter, the 12th verse record, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follow me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus is the source of light to the world. Those in him are brought out of the darkness and into the light. Now we see Christ as the bread of life to sustain us, and the light of light, life to guide us. Wow. With Christ sustaining us and guiding us, hmm. I would be bold enough to say we are just about God's life be. But that's just me. John says, in him was light, and the life was the light of man. The knowledge of the glory of of God was given to mankind in the beginning with God when he walked into the garden with Adam and Eve. This knowledge was lost in the fall of man when Adam and Eve was banished from the garden. But it is now once again made available to us through Christ Jesus. Such knowledge is called light. It is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God which Adam and Eve enjoyed when they were in the garden. The knowledge of that glory is now brought back to us by Christ our Lord. Fallen man is in darkness, but to those, but to those in Christ, light is given. It is shining in our hearts. This is the verdict in John 3, the third chapter, the 19th through the 20 verse. It's that light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. What are we talking about when we say deeds? It means there are, that our actions, the activities we are involved in, our manners and conduct, we're afraid that they will be exposed if we come to the light. Men resist the light because they love their sin. Men resist the light because Christ, light, 
light of Christ because they do not want to change their lifestyle. They want to continue to live in the darkness. They have no desire to live in pure holiness with Christ. Believe it or not, this is the overwhelming reason that man rejects the gospel message. It is not that they have an intellectual problem with understanding the gospel. It is not that they rationally cannot bring themselves to a faith in Christ. It is that they love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. Faith and unbelief are made evident by either light or darkness. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. In the physical world, light conquers darkness. Darkness yields to light. Let's do a little exercise here. Shine a light in a dark room, and it no longer dark anymore. But close your eyes, and you are still in darkness. You take a spiritual look at this. Christ's light shines in the darkness, but darkness remains. Not because Christ's light cannot conquer the darkness, but because those on whom Christ's light shines, what they do, they close their eyes, so they remain in darkness. They choose to remain in darkness though they are bathed in the light of Christ. And their choice to remain in the darkness, their choice to close their eyes to the light of Christ, is based on misunderstanding of the light of Christ. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. In fact, they misunderstand both the darkness and the light. Men see freedom in the darkness and chains in Christ, when in truth there are chains in the darkness and freedom in Christ. Are you seeing this? I'll read that again. They misunderstand both the darkness and the light. Men see freedom in the darkness, and they see chains in Christ, when in truth there are chains in the darkness and freedom in Christ. I hope you're getting this. You who live in darkness, can you not feel the chains of darkness? It's not your sin, a cruel taskmaster. Consider your sin. Does it ever let you go? Do you have a moment of freedom from your pains of and consciousness because of your sin? When you try to escape your sin, does it not tug at you and pull you back into the, its control? But glory be to God, you can be set free from the, from the control of sin by making Christ your Lord and making Christ your Master. And Christ is not a cruel taskmaster, but a loving God. In Matthew, the 11th chapter, 28 to the 30 verse, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is no comparison between the greatness of having Christ as your Lord versus the misery of being a slave to sin. Paul spoke of the difference as he speaks to believers. When you were slaves in sin, you were free from the control of right. What benefits did you reap at that time 
from the things you are now ashamed of? What benefit did you get from it? Those things result in death. But now you have been set free from the sin and have become slaves to God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. In Romans, the sixth chapter, the 20th to the 23rd. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The difference between having Christ as your Lord and being slave to sin is nothing less than the difference between life and death. So this ends our Bible study for this week. Join me next Wednesday to see what happens when the word that was in the beginning became flesh. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwellings among us. As we walk with Jesus, as He taught His disciples, we are going to walk along beside them and let us teach, and let Him teach us also. I am Elder Faye. My prayer for you is, May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and may the Lord give you peace. Curb appeal. You know it when you see it. And with the Home Depot, you can absolutely get it. Boost your curb appeal with the best brands at the best prices. From new garage doors to colorful flowers. From exterior lights to a new coat of paint. From inspiration to installation. You can get everything you need to boost your curb appeal on a budget. Like select special order windows and doors. Now 15% off. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. Offer valid through August 8th. U.S. only. See store for details. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.